Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Heated Conversations. Uh, this is episode two, episode two. And today we have a special guest. We have Ryan Romano. Some of you guys may or may not know Ryan Romano. Ryan Romano is the founder of Underground Performance Institute. Now, what he does is he develops championship culture within teams, within programs of different sports, and he's in the sport of gymnastics. He currently works with um, multiple college teams, but some to just name a few is TWU Gymnastics, as well as Oregon State and several different universities, which he'll talk about today. So we're very excited to have him on to kind of talk about what he does and to be able to help equip you to become better at what you do. Hey, welcome, Ryan Romano. How are you doing? Man, I'm awesome. How are you today, my friend? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How's your Tuesday morning? I can't complain, man. Like these are these are the conversations, uh, you know, that I really genuinely look forward to, and especially being on the other side of the table, right? Like talking, you know, I'm on the, kind of the same journey as you a little bit. Like bringing, having people on a podcast or just sitting down and having these conversations. So I'm super pumped to be on the to the the other end of this conversation today. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, so as you know, um, the purpose of this podcast is really to be able to help give um, coaches, athletes, parents resources um, and different ways to be able to help themselves or athletes um, to be able to, to be better people and to be able to be better at their sport and then to be better in life. Right. And so, yeah. Um, I'm excited to kind of hear what you do. And I've, you know, I've seen you do a couple things when I went to TWU camp last summer, as well as you came to um, JNR and did the spotlight camp and worked with the athletes there. So that was kind of cool. Um, but I haven't actually sat in one of your sessions. So I'm excited to really hear kind of what you do and kind of how you started and things like that. So to kind of launch it off, kind of talk about um, first, like, who are you? and kind of what was your upbringing with sports, if you're an athlete, uh, what sports did you do, and so on and so forth. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the backstory is, um, uh, you know, I'm originally from Alabama, actually wrestling is my background. Um, grew up wrestling, wrestling in high school, wrestling in college. And ultimately, little did I know that that's kind of where this journey actually began. And so to make a long story short, as I as I ventured from that high school athlete to college athlete, um, the easiest way to describe it in terms of uh, I was very underachieving. I lacked a lot of confidence. Um, ultimately, like I had no identity. I had no uh, ability to know like actually who I was. And so when I stepped foot on campus at WVU, um, that first semester was struggling is not even the word. I would say turmoil. And I, you know, I tell everybody is, you know, quickly within about three months, I went from sad, lonely, depressed to suicidal, like literally in an instant. Right. And so I think fast forward, obviously, you know, a lot of things happened between now and then. And, you know, once I, I feel like I bought into, or I know that I bought into this, I, I don't think it's true, but I bought into this idea that like, once you find your passion that everything else in life, it'll just kind of take care of itself. Like it, everything will be okay. Like you get a, you find your passion in a career, you find your path, like then you'll just be happy, like success, like that, the, all those things will kind of come. And, and so I, I, I really believe that that's what got me through college ultimately. And once I graduated, 
um, really my first bout of confidence. The first bout of, you know, living truly what it is that I wanted to do was, you know, telling my dad that he's owned a company for 40 plus years now that I didn't want to go work for him, that I wanted to go on this journey into sports performance. Um, at the time, it was just a strength and conditioning gym. Um, what I realized, too, is three years into that, I, I hit that same rock bottom again. Enter in, you know, my first mentor, uh, Deborah Bringleson. And it, the conversation actually started as a business conversation. And she simply asked, you know, Ryan, who are you? And I was like, well, that's kind of a dumb question. Like, my name's Ryan, like from Alabama, like I own this business, I train athletes, blah, 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 blah. She's like, no, 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 no. Like, that's what you do, but like, but like, who are you? Like, who like who's the inner being side of you? And I really didn't have an answer. And so it's very simplistic. She said, like, Ryan, like, if you want to change anything in your life, like you have to start with you. Like you have to start with who you are. You know, if you want better relationships, ultimately you have to upgrade who you are. If you want a bigger and better business, you have to change. If you want to excel in sports, if you want to grow, like whatever it is, like you want to make more money, like you, you have to be the one to actually change. And so at that time is all the conversations in the gym really started steering towards that, asking, trying to figure out and dive deep with athletes and individuals and through conversations and figuring out, you know, if people actually knew who they were. And through the 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 few conversations that I was having with athletes in the gym, it was like it was very, very evident that like people were just struggling. And ultimately, like I knew is is like they had so much more to give in their sport because that is a large part of what they're doing at that time. And it is a big piece of their puzzle in their life at that age. And so actually I went out and hired, uh, paid a handsome amount of money to a research company essentially to go pull the data. Like, is this real? Like are, are these athletes, uh, the data that I actually got was really geared towards young adults. So like teenagers up through, you know, young 20s, mid 20s. And it was wildly evident that like stress, worry, anxiety, depression, like like this was like running rampant and it was kind of only getting scarier. And so that really put me on this path to like make this shift of, you know, I, I, I've continued to play with the words of, of like going from like a coach to a mentor or a guide and really help people, especially, you know, in the niche of uh, athletics right now, like discover who you are um, because ultimately like that is step one in the process as I learned through my own life and through the individuals that I've worked with now and the teams that I've worked with now, it's like step one is really discovering that identity because if you can find that, that gives you so much more clarity about like what it is that you actually want. Are you being honest with yourself? Then you can start to make commitments because you really can't commit to anything in your life if you don't have any idea of clarity. So, you know, that's a little bit like where I was underperforming and what drove me into essentially what I'm doing now. Yeah. And I know a lot of times with wrestlers, me being a wrestler myself um, in high school, at least, um, I know that a lot of it is on you. Right. So the, the pressure is on yeah. you because you go and wrestle um, out on the mat by yourself and you're pretty exposed. Right. Because one Obviously, the, the attire that you wear can expose you. Two, you're going up against another human being, like another man, and you get to see 
who's will and who's like macho between you, right? And so that could do a lot to like your um, yourself, right? It could just, you could really identify with your wins and your losses and your performances and stuff like that. And I could totally understand like kind of where that com comes from. Plus it's like, if you really want to get good at wrestling, it's like a lifetime dedication, right? From when you're young uh, all the way until however high you want to go if you want to go to olympic level or if you want to keep making world teams like Jer jordan burroughs is currently still um at the highest level right. and he's been out of collegiate gymnastics for you know i think a he's going for yeah. his like third or fourth olympics at this point right and so it's like <clears throat> to be able to get to that place where you're just like man you know what um i've really let this sport identify me as a person and my experiences you know and a lot of times that's what happens is our experiences identify who we are and we identify with those things and being able to for you to be able to get to that point where um, you realize that and also for you to have conversations with people who could challenge you on those things and made you think deeper right um, which I I, I totally get because I'll share this story um, I know for me I personally have like a similar story in regards to um, like, and I've talked about this a little bit in the first podcast, but um, I was such like a performer, meaning like I would love to show off and do things all the time. And so yeah. I would do this in class. Well, the head football coach um, of the high school that I went to, I was taking his driver's ed course. His name was Doug Eggmark. And I remember um, just acting a fool. He pulls me on the hallway and has a conversation with me about like who I am and like, what am I doing? And to really yeah. change my mind. And literally that was like the switch and the flip in my mind to really propel me, um, like to who I am today, just because I, man, I, not, I wasn't really a bad kid. I just was mischievous, right? And I just loved right. people and stuff like that. But man, I needed someone to give me some guidance, right? And the lady that you mentioned that gave you some guidance and challenged you um, and not identified with what you did, but who you were as a person led, led you to now what you do, right? Um, yeah, I think, well, and I think too, to even touch on what you're saying is, or piggyback off what you're saying is, it's the ability that like we hear it very generically all the time. It's like, you have to be open-minded. You have to be willing to take criticism. Like you have to have all these things, but really I think what it ultimately boils down to is it's challenging your beliefs. Like, and it's so many of the conversations that I have, like there's not necessarily a right or a wrong, but if I ask you like why you perceive the world in a certain way, why is it that you believe that in what you're saying? If you can't give me a valid answer, then it's like that was probably hardwired into you. And it's like you have to understand like what it is that you actually believe. A valid answer is not because my parents told me. A valid answer is not because this is what my coaches always said. No, like you need to understand like why that's important and why it is that you actually believe what it is that you believe. Because when I challenge you, it's going to do one of two things. If you can articulate back to me like an extreme like understanding of what it is that you believe it's going to hardwire that belief into you even greater that could be a good thing or if you can't it puts you on this path of discovery of like 
holy shit, like, why do I actually believe this? Like, this is, is this a good thing or is it a bad thing? Is it serving me? Is it, is it, is it not serving me? And so I think that that's ultimately is I always tell everybody, like, I can't make decisions for you, but I can help you un uncover and I can guide you towards making the decisions that you actually want. Right. So it, it's, it's challenging those beliefs of, of like, you know, you can identify with like, I am just mischievous. And it's like, where did that come from? Why is it that I believe this? And so it's like, does it serve me? Does it not serve me? And then I can go on the path that I actually want to go on based off of understanding what it is that I actually believe. Right. So how do you unlock that from, you know, and be able to change people's perspective in that, or at least give them enough um, and ask them the right questions to be able to be like, hey, why do you believe these things, you know, and for them to be able to debunk some of those or at least be willing to challenge some of those things that they were either they identify with or they were told and yet they decided to identify with. How do you go about having those conversations with someone? You know, if I came to you and I was just like, man, you know what? I just feel like I'm an underachiever. Everything I do, I just kind of do it, you know, just halfway and I just feel sad about it. And then that's just how life is always going to be. Well, it, it's, it, it almost gives even one step before that, right? And so it's it's getting you to, like you just said, explaining to me, it's like, I'm underachieving. Like, I feel like, uh, you know, I'm doing the same thing. I feel like I'm spinning my wheels. Like, I lack the confidence into go out and performing. And so ultimately is, is take a step back and it's just asking like, okay, like how long has this been going on? And for most people, it's probably a while, right? Like this has become very hardwired. And then they start to identify with it. It's like, I'm just not a competitor, right? Like I can't perform in the, like whatever, whatever the, the, the story is in their head. And so what I challenge them is, is with two questions and I'll give you the one could kind of answers yours is all those things are emotions. All those things are feelings that you have within yourself, those beliefs, right? It drives some type of emotion, frustration, worry, guilt, shame, doubt, fear, whatever it is, an unwanted emotion for in this scenario. And so I always ask people is the number one question I come into, I'm like, are you addicted to a life that you don't love? And everyone's like, oh man, like that's kind of powerful. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, okay, let me rephrase it this way. From the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, what's the number one emotion that you feel like throughout your day? And I'll be honest in like really honing in with, of all the college individuals, athletes, I'm sure there's one or two, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. The number one answer that I get across the board is stress, right? And so it's like, from the moment I wake up, because I got to go to school, I got to worry about practice, I got to worry about treatment, I got to worry about like, like, whatever it is, relationships, meetings, doesn't matter, is, is there's this, like, this overwhelming feeling of stress. I'm like, okay, so if you feel stressed the majority of your day, like, the question becomes, like, are you addicted to this life? And they're like, man, like, that's kind of scary. And so it's helping them understand now what's happening is your body has gone on autopilot to crave that stress every single day. So the moment you wake up, and even if you feel good, your body is like, it's why so many athletes, especially female athletes, struggle to uh, enjoy successes. Because the moment it feels good, their body's like, whoa, 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 we, we, don't, we don't like that. We like to feel worry. We like to feel anxiety. Like, this is foreign. Like, let's not do this. Or it's like real awkward. They're like, thanks. Like, all right, cool. Like, and then they just kind of move along really fast versus 
many of them really like basking in it and owning it and knowing like, yes, like I am the shit. Like this is what I did. I was able to achieve. And so is, and there's, I won't bore with all like the research and data, but like it's proven essentially that 90% of your thoughts that you have today are the same as you had yesterday. And so it's like, when now we understand once I can get them to understand, it's like, this is just happening on autopilot. So step one is, is really to start thinking about what you're thinking about, right? And it's how often are these things happening? How often are these feelings? And then we have to tie into like the thoughts and the feelings that we crave and desire and really start to make that shift. And the easiest way that I put it to them is I asked them, I'm like, do you agree that 51% is the majority? And they're like, yes. I'm like, okay. We don't have to go from zero to a hundred, right? It's it's not that you're not going to have fear. It's not that you're not going to have doubt. It's not that you're not going to have worry. But if we can just tip the scales to happiness or joy or a, a peace of mind or confident or empowerment or to gratitude or to appreciate like whatever wanted emotion that they choose that they want, all we have to do is get to 51%, right? And then once we can start to tip that, then we can start to stack on top of each other. But it's getting them to realize it's like, hey, like, it's not your fault. Like so many people feel the exact same way as you. And it's literally just happening on autopilot. So let's go in and like, let's purposefully change these feelings. And then like, let's take back control because that is essentially the core message. When I go in, I was like, like you are the creator of your life. Like you are the creator of your experiences. You are the correct. You can create these emotions. You've just been trained. You, your body, it's a chemical, right? Your body just craves it. It's an addiction, just like gambling is an addiction and alcohol is addiction, drugs is an addiction is. And once it feels a little bit of stress at some point, like that little bit's not enough. So that's why, like I joke with so many of the athletes. I'm like, that's why when you wake up in the morning, really you could condense your to-do list down to like three or four things, but you have 50 to 60 things on there so that it feels like super overwhelming and you're never going to be able to get through the day. Like you have so much to do. I'm like, it's not that serious. Like let's, Let's bucket these things down. Let's take a step back. Like your your body is literally just pulling you to wanting to feel like this. And so it's understanding that we can actually take back control and get rid of the addiction, so to speak. Yeah. So I have one. Well, I actually have two questions. I'll ask this part first. So going back to what you said about how like women, like female athletes typically don't celebrate um, as well and when they have successes, what would you say to the athletes like in gymnastics, especially in college gymnastics, it's a huge thing to like have energy, right? When you do well to celebrate each, um, right. each vault or each routine, you know, um, and you even seen the corrals and stuff like that, you know, them cheering each other on. Do you feel like that's them actually being truly happy, you know, um, or are they kind of just doing what is what you're supposed to do? That's just what you do. Like, have you found like, hey, in that place, I'm, tr you know, I'm tru truly in a place of joy, right? I'm truly excited for what my teammate just did or what our team is doing. And, um, and also, like, are you also talking about more like, on a like one-to-one -one basis, like having those wins. So say like in a practice or, you know, um, celebrating that, Hey, you know what? I made the connection on my, you know, skills on floor. I made that connection or I made my beam connection or I made my bar connection. I finally added that upgrade on vault or whatever the case may be. And I can celebrate those things. 
or do you feel like, hey, you know what, um, I made a correction, but it wasn't perfect, you know, which I hear all the time athletes talk about right. where they're, um, they're like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so, as a coach, I'm excited. I'm like, man, you made the change, but it wasn't. I'm like, no, I need you to find that success in what you just did because you just made a change that you weren't making before and your brain needs to respond to that and understand that. If you go and make the change and you neglect it, then your brain will never really understand what it needs to do, right? Um, and so that's my personal experience, but you know, to kind of answer that two-part question, um, do you feel like you know, the athletes who are actually performing like on TV, college athletes are truly happy? Or are you talking about the wins in like a practice, you know, on a one-to-one -one basis when it's not like the whole team needing to kind of be like energized? Yeah, I'm going to jump into part two of that first. And because I think that that's uh, a really big one. And the you're 100% correct in the idea that like we just talked about it, just like you can become addicted to unwanted emotions. You can become addicted to wanted emotions. Like you can, like you've seen people like that. It's funny that like so many people that don't like, what if I become like overly confident and overly I'm like, like, that's not even, we'll figure that so much easier to turn you down. We'll figure that out like way down the road. But I think where you talked about like people not feeling joy for the small wins, the small success, the corrections, the wins along the way, you know, enjoy the journey, whatever that means, right? Like is because ultimately the way that they see it in their brain is I'll be happy when they haven't accomplished X, they haven't gotten the full skill, they haven't won the actual, you know, competition, they haven't won the actual championship, they haven't gotten the actual scholarship, like whatever their desire is. And so they don't, they, they won't allow themselves to be happy. And one of the things is, is uh, actually Tony Robbins talks a lot about this is like, what's the number one driver of happiness? And it, it's progress. And it's this understanding of like, that we don't have to be actually at the end to feel happy. We just have to feel like we're moving closer towards what it is that we want. Right. And so once they can understand like why it's important in terms of like, like, I don't have to be happy when is it's like it's okay to enjoy the progress along the way because for the a lot of them in a gymnastic setting is I use the example of like like before you were hardwired like this when you were like two three four five six like whatever age it was and like you got the cartwheel right you got the forward roll you got the backwards roll like you were freaking ecstatic like you were running around they were like whoa like trying to like calm you down and settle you down because you hadn't been that so tough on yourself you hadn't become addicted to it in that way you were just enjoying the small wins every single day because you knew it was moving you closer towards getting a back handspring getting a foot like whatever it is moving up to the next level and so i think that understand like help them shift the belief from i'll be happy when to the number one driver of happiness is progress and i don't actually have to be at the end of the journey because as we know, and I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this, even when you get to the end, is is like, it's the next thing, it's the next thing, it's the next thing. And that's just being a human too. And that's okay, right? Because like, hopefully we do want to crave growth. Hopefully there is something else afterwards, right? Like that's, that, that's part of life. It's one of the athletes um, that I'm really close with and 
like fortunate enough to like really, really like work with her. One of like the, the struggles, like even a year in, she was like, but like Ryan, like when does it end? I'm like, it doesn't, right? Like that's part of this, right? It's like, that's life. It's like, hopefully you don't get like a job and it's just like, okay, like now I'm just going to meander through the next 40 years of my life, right? It's, there, there is this constant like craving for growth. Um, so that's kind of like part two to that. Part one is, I think the question was, was like, is that excitement, is that joy real? Um, yeah, I'd say so, probably so. Um, also like environment plays a role. Right. You know, it's like when you're in there with, you know, 15, 20 of your teammates, um, you know, or if you're on the sidelines of a football game, like, you know, and everyone else is getting geeked up, jacked up, like it's, it's definitely easier for you, just product of the environment. Um, I will say, too, is for a lot of people, not everybody, but for a lot of people, it's it's easier to have genuine, and this can go both ways, but if, if they're your teammates and they're your friends, a lot of times it's easier to uh, get excited for somebody else because it's not you. It's kind of like helping somebody else, right? Like it's really easy to give somebody advice, right? And help them, like guide them, but it's much different um, to actually live it yourself, right? And this is why, you know, I think it's super important on top of this, every time I go into a team and like, the like through our like three-step process like I literally should I'm like look this is me doing it this is my most recent like I filled out this too here's my version here's this and so it's like they know it's like oh okay like he's totally not full of it he actually does it and live it too yeah um so no that's good that's very good I think those are those are important because I know um people who are listening will probably think you know especially those who are in those roles like are you trying to tell me how I'm how I'm actually feeling right because sometimes it's like um I'm truly excited. How can you tell me I'm not excited? You know, where sometimes yeah. it is what you said. It is just the environment that creates it and just it is what you do. It's just part of it, right? And when you don't do it, someone's going to tell you something about it. It's usually your teammate or your coaches who will be like, hey, I need you to kind of cheer it on. And sometimes you may not be in the mood. You may just had a bad you know, bad routine or something in life may just not be going well, or, you know, um, you're just not feeling it, you know, whatever, whatever reason, then you need to just turn it on, especially, you know, for the team's sake and not be selfish. Right. But sometimes it's just, that's what it is. I love what I do. I love this environment. I love competing. I love what my, my team is doing. I love how the crowd is interacting with us. And that gets me excited or that's just my personality. I just, I'm a hype person. I love energy, you know, stuff like that. So, um, but it's taking the time to actually identify, right? Like that is step one. Most people don't really know. It's like, how do you describe yourself? Like as a competitor, how do you, and they're like, ah, oh, like, I don't, uh, like they don't really know. But when everybody collectively, right, like this is the biggest difference too when you're talking about team growth is like I'm, s I'm just not a believer in this idea of like incremental growth. Like we get did, 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 did a little bit here, especially with teams. It's like like there's this ability to grow exponentially. And how do we do that is, is like when everybody can understand and know like what type of competitor are, what type of personality that they have. And it's like now you have – 15, 20, 50, 100 people rowing in the same direction, like that's one plus one is not two anymore, right? Like one plus one is 10, right? And so it's like getting them to understand that is it's like once you have that clarity, it's like, dude, like you have crazy growth great at a fast, fast, fast rate. It goes whew, quantum jump is what I call it. Right. 
No, I think that's very good. And how you just mentioned, like, that was, you know, like the first steps. So um, what is, you know, what are those steps and um, to tip the scale, not only for athletes, but also for coaches? Because I know I am a victim of this myself, is even um, celebrating the kids' wins. I just talked about earlier how trying to tell athletes to celebrate the little wins that they have, but there's times where I find myself over and over and over again, where I'm just like, you know what, you made a change, but you didn't do this part so well. So how do you, how do you tip that, 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 that scale for, for both out athletes and coaches, and then even touch on parents, um, just because we're all humans, right? And we all could be doing that same thing. So then we're able to be able to truly enjoy ourselves and truly enjoy what is being done in front of us and really be able to have a healthy relationship with uh, the process, right? Because I think that's, that's one thing you talked about is the process is very important. And if you're not able to tip the scale, the process becomes very laborious just because it's like, uh, you know, I got to do the next thing. And then the next thing instead of man, hey, I did this and I feel good about this. Hey, I did this better. You know, I made an improvement. I, I, I move forward in um, this area. So what are those steps for um, all parties to be able to help tip the scale. Yeah. I mean, I'll beat a dead horse a little bit and then I'll, I'll, I'll give another example, maybe another an analogy, but it's the idea of like ultimately reasons matter. Right. And so it's like when athletes are frustrated or like coaches are frustrated is it really stems back to like a, like, what is it real clarity on like that you actually desire, right? Like, because if I don't have clarity on that, or if I'm doing it for somebody else, like that's where like the burnout, that's where the daily grind comes in. Like, that's where it's like the frustration of, of like, is, as I always say, it's like, there's a very big difference between motivation and inspiration. Motivation is like, you have to push yourself, right? Like, I'm like, how many of you guys wake up in the morning? You're like, ah, I just need some motivation today. And like, you have to push yourself out of bed to just get going versus there's been a time in your life where you beat your alarm clock up, right? It was probably on Christmas or your birthday or a school field trip. Why it pulled you out of bed? Cause you knew something was exciting, was going to happen. And you couldn't wait to like get there and experience it. Right. And I think it's once we help them understand and get the pull, like, get them to get clarity on what actually inspires them, then like the number of miserable days, the number of, of like, it doesn't mean that motivation is not a thing. We all need that like along our journeys at, at some different points, but it should not outweigh the, the days that we're just pulled into like actually being there. And so, you know, I think it's this idea that, you know, like reasons end up trumping intelligence, knowledge, or, uh, you know, really anything. And so I call it a mission, right? And so like, when I talk with athletes, and I talk with teams, it's like, like, when you have that, like, you have to get really, really clear on like, what that mission actually looks like, and like, why it is that you actually desire it, like, why it is that you actually crave it, right? And so there's, there's not necessarily a wrong answer per se, but it's helping coaches, it's helping parents, it's helping athletes understand like what, what those actual reasons are. And if they don't have big enough reasons, then like I challenge and I push back and I'm like, then you probably don't want that. 
I'll give you a real example is, or we can call it like the, the accountability side of it too. And that can be accountability for yourself um, or it can be for your teammates is there was a team and they were not on the same page on like what they ultimately wanted their team mission to be. The vast majority wanted X, a small handful in the wanted Y. And I sat down with one of the ones that wanted Y in the smaller group. And I just simply said, I was like, you really believe this is like, this team is capable of this. And they're like 110%. I was like, great. If that's the scenario, then if, if that doesn't happen next season, it's on you. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't sign up for that. I didn't say all that. I'm like, but if you actually thought it, like it, you deep in your soul, like you knew that like that would light you on fire to get 10, 15, 20, 50, 100 people rowing in the same direction as you. But that reason wasn't there enough. And so it's like ultimately it's like, ah, like maybe I'm not really that sure. And that's okay. Like there's no, it just is, right? Like there's no right or wrong with this, but it's helping them uncover like, are you actually inspired? Are you ready to take on this? Do you have big enough reasons to show up? Do you feel inspired to get yanked out of bed every single day to do what it is, like whatever it is that you actually want to do? Um, so I don't know if that actually answered it, but I think like ultimately you got to have that, like understand, like knowing it, like what it is they actually want, because I'll be honest, probably... I know the teams that I've been around and uh, like ultimately when you talk to them individually and you talk about like what's their overarching like dream outcome, big goal that they want to accomplish. Like the first time I get in there is very few actually believe it. Very few actually. Why? It's like, well, I want to be done with this meeting and I want my coach to like, I just want to like say what I feel like what it is they actually want to hear. And so like, that's kind of like my superpower is to step in and I was like, like I have no stake in the game, right? I'm just here to help. I'm just here, right? Like I'm moderator. I'm like, I'm the guy. You just, you just help me out. And so it's like we have to get honest clarity on like the direction that we're actually going. And it's amazing how few people actually do that. They just do things to write things down and check it off the list. Yeah. So how do you help break that like PR type mentality? Yeah. So I think step one, and this is there's, there's really two pieces of it is it's like step one of our process is like, if I had to boil it down into one or two words, it would be like actually building that trust and connection. Um, because ultimately is we're only going to be honest with people that we trust, right? Like that's just natural human instinct is, you know, you don't share your deepest, darkest, or most shameful secrets just with anybody. It's just like, there's a very small, like inner circle of people that you're connected with that you'll actually like be like blatantly honest. Right. And so I think it's the ability to actually, and I, the hardest part, and it's not the coach's fault. The hardest part is, is like how many times you give the example of like your parents have told you something for 15 years and you never listened. But some t-ball coach like saw you on the street and like told you the exact same thing. And you're like, ah, most genius idea in the entire world. Why? It was just a different voice. It was a different setting. It was a different scenario. And the light bulb went off. Right. And so 
that's kind of like I'm very like clear and blunt, but like that about like what my role is. But that's kind of part of like what my superpower is. It's like if and it's it's done very deliberately is if I go in and I get at least the majority of, of like trusted, truthful, like real, honest, authentic connection with them, then it's like coaches. Let me have this conversation. Let me see where they are. Let me see where the honesty level is. And then we can all circle back, right? Like then now we can start to have like real dialogue. Now we can actually start to like get into the nitty gritty about parts about it because they they feel comfortable, right? Like it's just, it, it's just, the, it's a hard part is, is, you know, it's, it's difficult for coaches too, because like you want to wear that hat right? Like you want them to trust like, and feel connected with you and they do. But at the end of the day, they have this underlining little bit of like fear and uncertainty because in their brains, like you control their destiny, right? Like you control, like, do I get in a lineup spot? Do I become the starter? Like, is it good enough? Like you have the ultimate say. And so it's like, why would they go and tell some shameful moment or something that like might allow you to put a little bit of doubt about their ability to perform in your brain, right? Like it just doesn't logically make sense. And so that's the power of like, I call it having like the outside voice, the mentor, the tour guide. I call it like being an academic advisor. You go into an academic advisor, you say, Hey, I want to major in economics. It's like, great. You need three sciences. Here's a list of 20. You choose which three you want to take. And that's essentially my role. It's like, here we are. You, you guys tell me what off this list that you like you want to be able to go. So I think that, you know, if coaches are willing, like there's there's a lot of value, a lot of benefit in having that that other voice. Um, just you get a little bit more honesty, right? Like it's just kind of the nature of the beast. Yeah, no, that's good. I think it's, it's, it's essential because I know us as coaches, we kind of, it's harder for us to let other people in, especially when you're building a culture. Um, just cause you know, you never know sometimes or may not always trust what they might be saying, but also you want to be able to feel like you're in control and your hands on everything. Right. And being able to like, move each piece as it needs to move or at least be able to see each piece move right or feeling like right. someone else is going to try to move the piece and then it becomes something where someone else gets the credit and then the kid values that and and again it's it's a partnership that you're trying to do right you're not trying to become more than right you're just trying to I unlock something within them to help the team the program and even that coach you know with that particular athlete to become you know all that they are you know meant to be right um and leading into that is like kind of talking about um some of those uh, like addictions to um some of those feelings and stuff what are mm -hmm. some identifiers that you have uh, come up with either in just conversations like what type of verbiage kind of gives away you know what they're you know what they're feeling and what they're saying and then where do you feel like those things start and come from because you had also mentioned you know when you're young you don't really think about hey you know uh, when I made my cartwheel you know or I'm doing my cartwheel if I'm really successful or not you're just super excited when you get it and you you know if it was in gymnastics most of the time if your parents are there the first thing you do is you look over at your parents you're super excited you know and you don't really identify with 
hey, I fell 37 billion times trying to do this before. And, you know, I finally made it. And, you know, mom's up there, dad's up there, grandma, grandpa, aunts and uncles or whoever are super excited for you. So when does that start? When do I start, you know, getting addicted to these things and identifying with certain feelings? You know, should I feel, um, you know, happy about this or depressed about this? Or should I overanalyze this? Or should I just be like, uh, just kind of let it, you know, fall off my shoulder? Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot that goes into that. Obviously, like having the trust and connection um, is is uberly important, especially in a one-on-one conversation. And but then it's understanding like the person on an individual level. And what I mean by like that too is it's not just necessarily like what makes them tick, but I think it's even you know, like the way that they think, are they a logical thinker? Are they an emotional thinker, right? Like, do they make decisions because they need all the data and they like have to have like all the numbers and everything has to be lined up before they can actually do it? Or are they just kind of like a spontaneous emotional, like this feels great, let's rock and roll, let's go, right? And so there's those little nuances of understanding um, because that plays into a role of, you know, if somebody's very hesitant and I understand that they're a logical thinker, then I'm like, I'm okay. I know they need that everything has to be, they think like an engineer, right? Like everything has to be in perfect alignment. They need all the evidence in the world so that it all lines up. So I can language the conversation in that way, right? Versus the more like it just, it's just the opposite on an emotional thinker in terms of is it slowing down? Is it speeding up? Is it being more like, proactive versus like reactive. And so I think understanding those little nuances play a, such a big, 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 big role. Um, and then there was a, another piece of that. What else did you ask me with that part? Cause there's something else I wanted to say. Now I'm having a brain fart. Yeah. Um, um so I kind of said like, where, where do those like addictions, like, Oh, the verbiage. So that's what I was saying. Like, how do you identify like the, like, if you're having a conversation with me, how do you, what do I say that makes you know kind of like where I am or if I'm giving you like the answers you want to hear or someone wants to hear or am I truly giving you what I truly am feeling? Like what are those key words or key body language or whatever that are really those identifiers to let you know, hey, this is a path that we need to go with this individual or this team. Yeah, I would say I'm weirdly good with like body language. Actually, let's go a step deeper than that. It's not even body language. It's just like, it's just vibe, right? Like, you know, Kate, like, you know, my wife, like she says all the time, she's like that. It's like weirdly good. Like how, like how I can just feel those type of things. And I've spent a lot of time. It's not like I just like, or I don't feel like I was just born that way. But like, that is something that like, I study and I spend a lot of time like actually understanding of, of like being able to like read the room, so to speak. But more importantly, I think that is getting them to, if, if I get a vibe, if I get a like inkling, it's not so much of like, Hey, is this how you're feeling? Yes or no is I can tell a story, right? And based off of that story and a reaction, I can know, right? Like, because the body and the brain can't lie to each other, right? Like, you can't scream in a joyful voice how sad you are, right? Like, everyone's like, that doesn't, like, you can't be like, oh, my God, I'm so freaking sad today, right? Like, it just doesn't line up. And so, as I tell a story is, 
like once they feel connected to it is is they usually have some kind of response of like like are you in my brain like how do you how do you know what i'm thinking like how do you know and it's it's not that like because so many people are experiencing the same thing is, is like, once I can get them, they'll feel more comfortable aligning to somebody else's stories. It's the same thing of, of like, probably an underlining reason of, of like why you started this podcast and like why you, because you want people to share stories. Why? Because people resonate with stories. Stories move people. Stories pull us towards something actually taking an action, right? So if they resonate with a story, then it's like, then it becomes okay because they're not the only one, right? right? right. And so is, I won't tell the story, but like there's everybody, I gave the the statistic that, um, you know, 90, roughly 90% of the thoughts today are the ones that you had yesterday. And I can tell a story in like, I go in 20 seconds, I can tell a story and you guys will all believe what I just said. And like 99.5% of the time, everyone's like, how'd you just do that? Right. It's like, because I know like now you feel connected and then now they buy into the 90%. I'm like, okay, do we agree on this? They're like, yes. But if I just tell them 90%, if I just tell them, right, like that doesn't move anybody. Right. And so I think that's become a superpower, uh, almost a like a large magician. part. Say that again. I said almost like a magician, right? So like a magician is telling you a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While they are like trying, they're telling you a story as they're doing their tricks, right? As they go. And they're like teaching you about how you perceive things, right? And as they're telling their story, they're doing whatever they're doing and they're perceiving, you know, things and they're able to make you feel certain things. And then I identify sometimes your weaknesses, right? Um, and sometimes some people are good at it and just, they find out their strengths and they're like, uh, yeah, I knew what he did or what she did, you know? And honestly, full transparency is this is the mistake I made early on. I was trying to coach people too much. I was trying to be like, well, 90% of your thoughts are the same as yesterday. And they're like, I don't like, I don't, I don't buy it. And I'm like, look, like, look at the data. And they're like, I don't care. I don't buy it. And so in their brains, they're like, Ryan, you sound really freaking smart up there, but like, I don't give a shit, right? Like, I'm just not into it. But if I can attach a story to it or I can use an analogy and they're like, ah, so I've learned that like anything that I say, especially that I, that like, I want the light bulb to go off. There has to be a story. There has to be an analogy. Otherwise it's like, I want to believe it, but I'm just not really quite there yet. Right. And so I think that that's become a huge part of like my own like transformation into like coaching and, and helping people. And I think that like helping, I was having a coach or having a conversation with a coach and this very similar conversation got brought up. And this was like, I was telling them, I was like, 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 how do we build that connection? How do we do these certain things? And I was like, like, it has to be done through stories. It's the same of, of like, there's certain movies that you love. Why? You just feel like it speaks to you, right? Or a song, right? Like it just touches your heart. It touches your soul in a certain way. And you just like, it resonates with you, right? And so it's like, I always say, it's like, if I want you to think about like a memorable moment, like with your mom or your dad or somebody or a beach trip or like whatever, it's like, 
I'm just going to tell you a story about something that I experienced with my mom or my dad or at a beach. And it's like, you're going to just attack. You're just going to put your character inside of there. Yeah. No, I think those are good. Those are, um, those are really good to kind of help us to kind of, um, know like the differences between, um, just information. And really that's how people like take things, right? You have to be able to make that connection. If you don't, then it's just information. Cause I think that's what causes so many of us to like not progress is just, we don't always believe what's in front of us unless, um, you know, we, again, there's, there's something that attaches to like a, a story or something, an identifier that relates to us, right. That hits home, right. The emotion, right. Right. There's a quote, God, I don't remember who said it, but it's like, essentially it says like information without emotion is not retained. And so is I, if I have to strike a chord with you, it's like, I know you haven't sat in at some of the camps, but like literally how I open up with these kids, I'm like, like, no matter what, some of you are going to love me and some of you are going to hate me. And that's okay. But here's one thing. You're all going to remember me, right? Because I'm going to be the most wild, most obnoxious, most blunt. Like, I'm going to strike an emotion with you that in a month, if you saw me in the grocery store, you'd be like, there's that guy. Like, I remember him versus just another coach at camp, right? Like, right. it's the ability to actually stand out. Right. And I can identify with that as well. Like, um, like my personality is kind of similar. Like... If you've yeah, ever yeah, been totally. at, if you've ever been at camps with me, which you've been at a few camps with me and kind of seen, you know, I'm a character at camps. But part of it is because I want them, you know, in my in my own mind is I want them to be able to go back and remember the time that they had at that camp because of things that I may have done. Not necessarily like that's not like the reason they should have came to the camp or like what they should have gotten out of it. But sometimes it's hard, especially like say you're um a like a prospect rec you know athlete for recruiting mm -hmm. or whatever and you go to multiple you know camps and stuff like that to be able to try to find out you know is this the next place for me sometimes what helps or even with little kids what helps them remember a place is you know certain persons or personalities or events that happen that really place them back in that in that same spot right and i like to be that person sometimes and again i i can be silly i can be fun i can be wild i can be crazy but yet have that same like intentional like coaching relationship with them where i'm like all right hey we're gonna work on your kip handstands or we're gonna work on your double back on floor or vault we're gonna work on your yurchenko and souk and be technical but at the same time be like in the warm-up with them you know um just acting a fool. So then they're like, Hey, I remember this cricket coach who was at Alabama camp who kept looking for <laughs> um, the elephant that he says that his, um, that they stole from his village, whatever story that I came up yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And again, it, 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 it buys in with those athletes like so fast. Right. And now they see, Hey man, he can actually spot me too. Like, again, I'm not trying to, sell myself or anything like that but i'm trying to make them comfortable right and again i tell a story and just say hey um and now like it may make that university more intriguing for them just because they're gonna pay attention a little bit more i want to go back to that alabama camp and then i'm gonna start to follow alabama you know and that's just an example just because that's where we recently were together all right um but whatever university that is right um wherever they want to go, just having those people who are there. And it, it could be, it could be people like me, it could be people like you, it could be people who speak to them or resonate to them, however. And I could 
my energy is probably not for everybody too. And that's okay. You know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but, um, being able to tell stories is important. I think that's what major brands do. Right. And yeah, I think that's what, totally. that's what we need to do as people is tell honest, true stories about, um, ourselves and our lives and who we are. Cause I don't really fake any of the stuff that I am like, I'm that all the time, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that, uh, it's kind of a lost art too, in the idea of like making yourself vulnerable. And, um, you know, I did it on accident the first, um, like team I was ever around. And then I had a coach essentially like, it's like, did you do that on purpose? And I was like, well, not really. They're like, like, like double down on what you did. And, um, I've talked about this with a lot of people, like even on like my podcast too, is like so many people like in my industry, like people that do what I do, whatever you want to call it. Um, they make the mistake of coming in and telling how great they are, at least in my experience. And at least in, not that I've sat in a lot, but I've talked with a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of college athletes from all across the country. And it's like, I just don't vibe. I just don't resonate. Like, it's just not real. Right. Versus, you know, I used to be very embarrassed to tell a lot of those stories. Um, I can't, I was at somebody asked me, they're like all this stuff. Like, do you know that it works because you had so much success as an athlete or did you learn it because you like, you failed as an athlete? I'm like, the the second part. Right. And like, it took me a long time to be able to admit that because I was like, like, nobody's gonna believe me. Like if, if I was like, if I was underperforming and I lacked confidence and then it's like, Hey, I learned this, like you should go do this. Right. And so, but it was actually the opposite. Right. And so it's the ability. It's like, Hey, look, I sucked ass. Ah, like, let me tell you my story and how terrible I was. And they're like, man, because they don't necessarily feel that terrible, but they're like, I felt that way before. And I don't want to feel that way again. Like, Maybe you know something. Maybe I can open up my mind and like understand what it is that I actually believe. So it's like, that's such like, that is connection 101, right? It's to go in and just be authentically you, right? Like it's the same. I tell them I uh, stole this from um, somebody, but it's like at the, at the end of the day, as I was telling all the kids at camp, they're all making fun of me, giving me a hard time, wild and obnoxious. And I was like, look, is anybody in this room going to be at my funeral? And they were like, probably not. I was like, exactly. So if you're not going to be there at the end, why do I care about what you think right now? And they were like, that's powerful, sir. I was like, exactly. <laughs> so stop caring. <laughs> right. No, I think that's very good. I think that's really, really good because I think, you know, being able to just give them the um, the truth without any um, anything holding you back. Yeah. yeah. Anything holding you back and without anything that you're necessarily seeking personally in return, right? You're really doing it for them, you know? And I think that's super important, understanding like you're helping someone else with their personal journey. And in that, you're obviously going to find yourself, but that's not your intention. Your intention is not to come in, say, hey, I need to be better at what I do. So guess what? I'm using you. Like, no, yeah, it's, yeah. it's authentically, I, I'm coming here to serve you. Like, and help you align what you say and what you do with, you know, 
like what you say, what you think, and what you do should all align, right? It shouldn't be where I say one thing, I think another thing, but then yet I do a different thing. You know, that again, are pulling you in so many different places that spike a lot of those feelings of depression and, you know, anxiety and stuff like that, because you can't get those things aligned. You know, you're like, man, I just, uh, I want to wear purple today, but I think red looks better, but I'm wearing blue. So, you know, and you're like, okay, but. And then I'll even add on to the end of that too, is even after doing is I always say it, it has to become who you are, right? Identity is everything. I'm like, you're not a human doing, you're a human being. So it has to be who you are. You have to live, you have to step into that person and be that person every single day. If you do, 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 that's how you become exhausted. Because like now you're trying to live somebody, you're probably not. You're trying to force somebody, you're trying to willpower your way through every single day. You're waking up in the morning and putting a costume on, costume on to serve so many other people that aren't you. Why don't you just go be, but you got to figure out what that being looks like before you can actually step into that person. No, I think it's great. I think it's great. So right now, I think we're going to kind of wrap it up. I'd love to have you on okay. again, just because um, I think there's more information that we, we could get and we can dive, dive deeper into like how these processes are done and even talk about okay. some of the universities that you work with. Um, but to kind of, before yeah. we kind of end the episode, can you talk about where people can find you? Um, how many, even talk about how many athletes that you are currently working with, how many teams and which teams you're working with, and then um, what kind of last words do you want to kind of leave with the listeners and the viewers? Yeah. So uh, where you can find me, I'm very, uh, if you're, I'm very relevant. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, I have a presence on Instagram, uh, Facebook and LinkedIn, I would say, you know, Facebook is probably like the primary driver of like where I put a lot, a lot, a lot of like my content, my message, um, and those things out. Uh, you know, I think a big way to get more information is I'll send you the link. It's winningchampionshipslab.com slash, uh, platinum performance. Um, and so that's in a, in a weekend of like what we would actually do with, like individuals and teams. Um, it's actually something we just launched yesterday, believe it or not. Um, so super pumped about that. Uh, like I said, I'll drop you a link. Um, the most important parts, what would I leave with um, everybody is, it's a very good question. And one that uh, actually my coach recently has been hammering me with is, is Ryan, what is your core message? Like, what is your message to the world? And the more I've thought about this, I think it stems back is I've looked at every single presentation. I've looked at every camp I've ever spoken to. I've looked at probably, I don't have it documented, but all the athletes that from in my physical gym to telephone calls to Zoom calls all across the country is one thing I've always said to everybody is like, you are the creator of your life. Right. And so every team I've gone into and every camp, we always play a game at the very beginning to to understand that. And so I think that that's the central theme is, you know, a lot of times I think in sports and in life, you hear like, you know, don't be a victim. And without the understanding of, of like what's the other side of that. And so is I think it's shifting to the the world of possibility to the world where showing up as the most powerful person in the room is a hundred percent in your control. And if you will take the time to actually decide like where your current reality is right now to the 
the person, the being that you want to live, that that ultimately it doesn't guarantee things, but man, does it give you a hell of a better opportunity to capture the, the things, the experiences, the successes, the joys, the emotions that you want every single day um, in your life. Because I say it kind of like, you know, gambling a little bit, you just, it, it, it's a numbers game, right? Like you want to give yourself the best odds. And when you can show up as truly a hundred percent you and the person that you've created, like, man, that's powerful. That, that's powerful for a coach to be able to recruit somebody like that. That's powerful when you walk into an arena to step in and like, feel like you're the most powerful person in the arena or simply just a conversation. If you're going through um, to, to get a job, to get, you know, recruiting interviews, like whatever it is, it's like, again, it's energy, it's a vibe. And people feel that. And people know that it's like, you can have all the talent and skill, but if you just, if you're just got that hesitancy, it's just that, that unsure. And I think the last piece I'll say on this too, is like, again, it's not guaranteed, but where I do, where I think this becomes powerful and understanding and knowing that you are the creator is, it builds certainty and people that have a feeling of certainty will take more action. They will start to step in and be and do and live as that person. So yeah, you're the creator. No, I love it. Um, two more things. First, um, could you name some of the teams that you work with um, and um, some of the athletes, if they wouldn't mind that you could identify with, especially with um, gymnasts, um, uh, especially, and if there's also other sports that you work with too, so then, um, it could get out to more people. And then lastly, um, if I wanted to contact you, where can I like contact you? If I wanted you to come in to work with me or work with my team or any of those things. And, um, to kind of go with that last part is, can you plug in your podcast, kind of talk about what it's called and kind of what you do on your podcast? Yeah. So teams, uh, I'll say teams that um, gymnastics that I'm currently working with, like as of right now, um, are Oregon State, TWU, and Auburn. Um, got a few more conversations uh, before season gets kicked off, so we'll see about that. Other teams and universities that I've worked with before um, include Rutgers, Arkansas State. Um, I've done uh, different sports and teams at Alabama uh, previously in the past um, and done a host of like camps uh, across like different sports as well um, across the country. Um, I'd say the other like individuals is I've been fortunate enough to help guide and mentor when we had the physical gym, uh, a handful of professional athletes. Um, so that's been fun. That's a unique experience because again, it's, it's in my conversations with them is it's the same struggles. It's the same uncertainties. It's the same doubts. Um, just in somebody that, uh, is just one step ahead, right? The difference between high school and college and the difference between college and like professional. So that's been our, you know, a super cool experience. Um, podcast, plugging that in the name of our podcast is the championship corner. And, you know, very similar, like, like to yours is it's sitting down with, coaches and athletes uh, all across the country to like share their stories um, to help uncover like, like what drives us like as human beings, right? Like to help understand who we are, because again, I, the identity is such a big piece. 
And so it's understanding what makes them tick and what's allowed them to achieve the levels of success, whether that be as a spouse, whether that be as a mother, father. Um, I've had people in the special forces on, right? Like to understand, like, that's a, that's a whole different world, right? Like, how do you, like, how do you, how are you inspired to go out and achieve new levels of, of success in yourself? Um, so yeah, you can check that out. That's on Spotify, Apple podcasts. Uh, it's, it's all over my social too. Um, so yeah, those are, those are really fun and interesting conversations as well. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for tuning in for another um, episode of Heated Conversations. I really appreciate your guys' time to be able to listen in to what Ryan had to say. Um, and again, he's plugged in some of the um, areas where you can find him. Um, please follow, subscribe, leave comments on this video, um, and share this video so it can get out to more people. So then um, we can have some more of these healthy conversations to be able to make, again, um, athletes better, make the parents better, make coaches better. And again, just make overall the world better. And that's what we want to do. Um, so you guys have a great one and thank you again for tuning in.